Chapter Ten of Add to the Foot of the Rainbow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. At the Foot of the Rainbow by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter Ten. Danny's Renunciation. So they stretched Jimmy's length on Five Mile Hill beside the three babies that had lacked the vital spark. Mary went to the Dolans for the winter, and Danny was left, sole occupant of Rainbow Bottom. Because so much fruit and food that would freeze were stored there, he was even asked to live in Jimmy's cabin. Danny began the winter stolidly. All day long, and as far as he could find anything to do in the night, he worked. He mended everything about both farms, rebuilt all the fences, and as a never-failing resource, he cut wood he cut so much that he began to realize that it would get too dry and the burning of it would become extravagant so he stopped that and began making some changes he had long contemplated during fur time he set his line of traps on his side of the river and on the other he religiously set jimmy's but he divided the proceeds from the skins exactly in half no matter whose traps caught them and with jimmy's share of the money he started a bank account for mary as he could not use all of them he sold jimmy's horses cattle and pigs with half the stock gone he needed only half the hay and grain stored for feeding he disposed of the chickens turkeys ducks and geese that mary wanted sold and placed the money to her credit he sent her a beautiful little red bank book and an explanation of all these transactions by dolan mary threw the book across the room because she wanted danny to keep her money himself and then cried herself to sleep that night because danny had sent the book instead of bringing it but when she fully understood the transactions and realized that if she chose she could spend several hundred dollars she grew very proud of that book about the empty cabins and the barns working on the farms wading the mud and water of the river bank or tingling with cold on the ice went two dannies the one a dull listless man mechanically forcing a tired overworked body to action and the other a self-accused murderer i am responsible for the whole thing he told himself many times a day i always humored jimmy i always took the muddy side of the road and the big end of the log and the hard part of the work and filled his traps with rats from my own why in god's name did i let the dell of stubbornness in me drive him to his death no why didn't i let him have the black bass why didn't i make him come home and put on dry clothes i killed him just as sure as if i'd taken an axe and broken his head through every minute of the exposure of winter outdoors and the torment of it inside danny tortured himself of mary he seldom thought at all she was safe with her sister, and although Danny did not know when or how it happened, he woke one day to the realization that he had renounced her. He had killed Jimmy, he could not take his wife and farm. And Danny was so numb with long-suffering that he did not much care. There come times when troubles pile so deep that the edge of human feeling is dulled. He would take care of Mary, yes, she was as much Jimmy's as his farm, but he did not want her for himself now if he had to kill his only friend he would not complete his downfall by trying to win his wife so through that winter mary got very little consideration in the remorseful soul of danny and jimmy grew as the dead grow by leaps and bounds until by spring danny had him well nigh canonized when winter broke danny had his future well mapped out and that future was devotion to jimmy's memory with no more of mary in it than was possible to keep out he told himself that he was glad she was away and he did not care to have her return Deep in his soul he harbored the feeling that he had killed Jimmy to make himself look victor in her eyes in such a small manner as taking a fish. 
and deeper yet a feeling that everything considered still she might mourn jimmy more than she did so danny definitely settled that he always would live alone on the farms mary should remain with her sister and at his death everything should be hers the night he finally reached that decision the kingfisher came home danny heard his rattle of exultation as he struck the embankment and the suffering man turned his face to the wall and sobbed aloud so that for a little time he stifled jimmy's dying gasps that in wakeful night hours sounded in his ears early the next morning he drove through the village on his way to the county seat with a load of grain dolan saw him and running home he told mary he will be gone all day now is your chance he said mary sprang to her feet hurry she panted hurry an hour later a loaded wagon a man and three women drew up before the cabins in rainbow bottom mary her sister dolan and a scrubwoman entered mary pointed out the objects which she wished removed and dolan carried them out they took up the carpets swept down the walls and washed the windows they hung pictures prints and lithographs and curtained the windows in dainty white they covered the floors with bright carpets and placed new ornaments on the mantel and comfortable furniture in the rooms there was a white iron bed and several rocking chairs and a shelf across the window filled with potted hyacinths in bloom among them stood a glass bowl containing three wonderful little goldfish and from the top casing hung a brass cage from which a green linnet sang an exultant song you should have seen mary malone when everything was finished she was changed the most of all she was so sure of danny that while the winter had brought annoyance that he did not come it really had been one long glorious rest she laughed and sang and grew younger with every passing day as youth surged back with it returned roundness of form freshness of face and that bred the desire to be daintily dressed so of pretty light fabric she made many summer dresses for where mourning she would not when calmness returned to mary she had told the dolans the whole story now do you expect me to grieve for the man she asked fifteen years with him through his lion tongue when by every right of our souls and our bodies danny mcnown and i belonged to each other mourn for him i'm glad he's dead glad glad if he had not died i should have killed him if danny did not it was a happy thing that he died his death saved me mortal sin i'm glad i tell you and i do not forgive him and i never will and i hope he will burn katie dolan clapped her hand over mary's mouth for the love of marcy don't say that she cried you will have to confess it and you'd be ashamed to face the priest i would not cried mary father michael knows i'm just an ordinary woman he don't expect me to be an angel but she left the sentence unfinished after mary's cabin was arranged to her satisfaction they attacked danny's emptying it cleaning it completely and refurnishing it from the best of the things that had been in both then mary added some new touches a comfortable big chair was placed by his fire new books on his mantel a flower in his window and new covers on his bed while the women worked dolan raked the yards and freshened matters outside as best he could when everything they had planned to do was accomplished the wagon loaded with the ugly old things mary despised drove back to the village and she with little tilly dolan for company remained mary was tense with excitement all the woman in her had yearned for these few pretty things she wanted for her home throughout the years that she had been compelled to live in crude ugly surroundings because every cent upon the plainest clothing and food went for drink for jimmy and treats for his friends now she danced and sang and flew about trying a chair here and another there to get the best effect every little while she slipped into her bedroom stood before a real dresser and pulled out its trays to make sure that her fresh light dresses were really there she shook out the dainty curtains repeatedly watered the flowers and fed the fish when they did not need it she babbled incessantly to the green linnet with which swollen throat rejoiced with her and occasionally she looked in the mirror she lighted the fire and put food to cook 
she covered a new table with a new cloth and set it with new dishes and placed a jar of her flowers in the center what a supper she did cook when she had waited until she was near crazed with nervousness she heard the wagon coming up the lane peeping from the window she saw danny stop the horses short and sit staring at the cabins and she realized that smoke would be curling from the chimney and the flowers and curtains would change the shining windows outside she trembled with excitement and then a great yearning seized her as he slowly drove closer for his brown hair was almost white and the lines on his face seemed indelibly stamped and then hot anger shook her fifteen years of her life wrecked and look at danny that was jimmy malone's work over and over throughout the winter she had planned this homecoming as a surprise to danny book fine were the things she intended to say to him when he opened the door and stared at her and about the altered room she swiftly went to him and took the bundles he carried from his arms hurry up and unhitch danny she said your supper is waiting and danny turned and stolidly walked back to his team without uttering a word uncle danny cried a child's voice please let me ride to the barn with you a winsome little maid came rushing to danny threw her arms about his neck and hugged him tight as he stooped to lift her her yellow curls were against his cheek and her breath was flower-sweet in his face why didn't you kiss aunt mary she demanded daddy dolan always kisses mammy when he comes from all day gone aunt mary's worked so hard to please you and daddy worked and mammy worked and another woman you are pleased ain't you uncle danny who told you to call me uncle asked danny with unsteady lips she did announced the little woman flourishing the whip in the direction of the cabin danny climbed down to unhitch you are going to be my uncle ain't you as soon as it's a little over a year so folks won't talk who told you that panted danny hiding behind a horse nobody told me mammy just said it to daddy and i heard answered the little maid and i'm glad of it and so are all of us glad mammy said she'd just love to come here now when things would be like white folks mammy said aunt mary had suffered a lot more in her share say you won't make her suffer any more will you no moaned danny and staggered into the barn with the horses he leaned against a stall and shut his eyes he could see the bright room plainer than ever and that little singing bird sounded loud as any thunder in his ears and whether closed or open he could see mary never in all her life so beautiful never so sweet flesh and blood mary in a dainty dress with the shining unafraid eyes of girlhood it was that thing which struck danny first and hit him the hardest mary was a careless girl again when before had he seen her with neither trouble anxiety or worse yet fear in her beautiful eyes and she had come to stay she would not have refurnished her cabin otherwise danny took hold of the manger with both hands because his sinking knees needed bracing danny called mary's voice in the doorway has my spickled hen showed any signs of setting yet she's been over twelve weeks answered danny she's in that barrel there in the corner mary entered the barn removed the prop lowered the board and kneeling stroked the hen and talked softly to her she slipped a hand under the hen and lifted her to see the eggs danny staring at mary noted closer the fresh cleared skin the glossy hair the delicately colored cheeks and the plumpness of the bare arms one little wisp of curl lay against the curve of her neck just where it showed rose-pink and looked honey-sweet and in one great surge the repressed steam of passion in the strong man broke and danny swayed against his horse his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth and he caught at the harness to steady himself while he strove to grow accustomed to the fact that hell had opened in a new form for him the old heart hunger for mary malone was back in stronger force than ever before and because of him jimmy lay stretched on five mile hill 
Danny, you are just fine, said Mary. I've been almost wild to get home because I thought everything would be ruined, and instead of all that it's exactly the way I do it. Do hurry and get ready for supper. Oh, it's so good to be home again. I want to make garden and fix my flowers and get some little chickens and turkeys into my fingers. I have to go home and wash and spruce up a bit for Lady, said Danny, leaving the barn. Mary made no reply, and it came to him that she expected it. Damned if I will, he said, as he started home. If she wants to come here and force herself on me, she can, but she cannot make me. Just then Danny stepped in his door and slowly gazed about him. In a way his home was as completely transformed as hers. He washed his face and hands, and started for a better coat. His sleeping-room shone with clean windows, curtained in snowy white. A freshly ironed suit of underclothing and a shirt lay on his bed. Danny stared at them. "'She thinks I'll tog up in them and come courtin,' he growled. "'I'll show her if I do. I winna touch em. To prove that he would not, Danny caught them up in a wad and threw them into a corner. That showed a clean sheet, fresh pillow, and new covers, invitingly spread back. Danny turned as white as the pillow at which he stared. "'That's a damn plain insinuation that I'm going to get in ya,' he said to the bed, "'and go on livin' here. I didn't know as that child's jabber counts.' For all I know, Mary may have already picked out some town dude to bring here and farm out on me, and they'll live with the birdcage, and I can go on climbing into ye alone. Here was a new thought. Mary might mean only kindness to him again, as she had sent word by Jimmy she meant years ago. He might lose her for the second time, and again a wave of desire struck Danny and left him staggering. "'Ain't you coming, Uncle Danny?' called the child's voice at the back door. "'What's your name, little lass?' inquired Danny. Tilly answered the little girl promptly. Well, Tilly, you go tell your Aunt Mary I have been in an elevator handling grain and I'm covered with fine dust and chaff that sticks me. I can't come until I've had a bath and put on clean clothing. Tell her to go ahead. The child vanished. In a second she was back. She said she won't do it and take all the time you want, but I wish you'd hurry, for she won't let me either. Danny hurried, but the hasty bath and the fresh clothing felt so good he was in a softened mood when he approached Mary's door again. Tilly was waiting on the step and ran to meet him. Tilly was a dream. Almost Danny understood why Mary had brought her. Tilly led him to the table and pulled back a chair for him, and he lifted her into hers, and as Mary set dish after dish of food on the table, Tilly filled in every pause that threatened to grow awkward with her chatter. Danny had been a very lonely man, and he did love Mary's cooking. Until then, he had not realized how sore a trial six months of his own had been. "'If I was a praying mon, I'd ask a blessing and thank God for this food,' said Danny. "'What's the matter with me?' asked Mary. "'I have never yet found anything,' answered Danny, "'and I do thank you for everything. I believe I'm most thankful of all for the clean clothes and the clean bed. I'm afraid I was neglecting myself, Mary.' "'Will you'll not be neglected any more,' said Mary. "'Things have turned over a new leaf here.' For all you give, you get some return after this. We are going to do business in a business-like way and divide even. I liked that bank account pretty well, Danny. Thank you for that. And don't think I spent all of it. I didn't spend a hundred dollars altogether. Not the price of one horse. But it made me so happy I could fly. Home again and the things I've always wanted and nothing to fear. Oh, Danny, you don't know what it means to a woman to be always afraid. My heart is almost jumping out of my body just with pure joy that the old fear is gone. I know what it means to a man to be afraid, said Danny, and vividly before him loomed the awful, distorted, dying face of Jimmy. Mary guessed, and her bright face clouded. 
some day danny we must have a little talk she said and clear up a few things neither of us understand till then we will just farm and be partners and be as happy as ever we can i don't know as you mean to but if you do i warn you right now that you need never mention the name of jimmy malone to me again for any reason danny left the cabin abruptly now you gone and made him mad reproached tilly during the past winter mary had lived with other married people for the first time and she had imbibed some of mrs dolan's philosophy when he smells the biscuit i mean to make for breakfast he'll get glad again she said and he did but first he went home and tried to learn where he stood was he truly responsible for Jimmy's death? Yes. If he had acted like a man, he could have saved Jimmy. He was responsible. Did he want to marry Mary? Did he? Danny reached empty arms to empty space and groaned aloud. Would she marry him? Well, now, would she? After years of neglect and sorrow, Danny knew that Mary had learned to prefer him to Jimmy. But almost any man would have been preferable to a woman to Jimmy jimmy was distinctly a man's man a jolly good fellow but he would not deny himself anything no matter what it cost his wife and he had been very hard to live with danny admitted that so mary had come to prefer him to jimmy that was sure but it was not a question between him and jimmy now it was between him and any marriageable man that mary might fancy he had grown old and gray and wrinkled though he was under forty mary had grown round and young and he had never seen her looking so beautiful Surely she would want a man now as young and as fresh as herself, and she might want to live in town after a while if she grew tired of the country. Could he remember Jimmy's dreadful death, realize that he was responsible for it, and make love to his wife? No, she was sacred to Jimmy. Could he live beside her and lose her to another man for the second time? No, she belonged to him. It was almost daybreak when Danny remembered the fresh bed and lay down for a few hours' rest. But there was no rest for Danny, and after tossing about until dawn he began his work. When he carried the milk into the cabin and smelled the biscuit, he fulfilled Mary's prophecy, got glad again, and came to breakfast. Then he went about his work, but as the day wore on he repeatedly heard the voice of the woman and the child, combining in a chorus of laughter. From the little front porch the green bird warbled and trilled. Neighbors who had heard of her return came up the lane to welcome the happy Mary Malone. The dead dreariness of winter melted before the spring sun, and in Danny's veins the warm blood swept up as the sap flooded the trees, and in spite of himself he grew gladder and yet gladder. He now knew how he had missed Mary, how he had loathed that empty, silent cabin, how remorse and heart-hunger had gnawed at his vitals, and he decided he would go on just as Mary had said, and let things drift, and when she was ready to have the talk with him she had mentioned, he would hear what she had to say and as he thought over these things he caught himself watching for furrows that jimmy was not making on the other side of the field he tried to talk to the robins and blackbird instead of jimmy but they were not such good company and when the day was over he tried not to be glad that he was going to the shining eyes of mary malone a good supper and a clean bed and it was not in the heart of man to do it the summer wore on autumn came and the year tilly had spoken of was over Danny went his way doing the work of two men, thinking of everything, planning for everything, and he was all the heart of Mary Malone could desire, save her lover. But little Mary pieced it out. Danny never mentioned fishing. He had lost his love for the river. She knew that he frequently took walks to Five Mile Hill. His devotion to Jimmy's memory was unswerving, and at last it came to her that in death as in life Jimmy Malone was separating them. She began to realize that there might be things she did not know. What had Jimmy told the priest? Why had Father Michael refused to confess Jimmy till he sent Danny to him? What had passed between them? 
if it was what she had thought all year why did it not free danny to her if there was something more what was it surely danny loved her much as he had cared for jimmy he had vowed that everything was for her first she was eager to be his wife and something bound him one day she decided to ask him the next she shrank in burning confusion for when jimmy malone had asked for her love she had admitted to him that she loved danny and jimmy had told her that it was no use danny did not care for girls and that he had said he wished she would not thrust herself upon him on the strength of that statement mary married jimmy inside five weeks and spent years in bitter repentance that was the thing which held her now if danny knew what she did and did not care to marry her how could she mention it Mary began to grow pale and lose sleep, and Danny said the heat of the summer had tired her, and suggested that she go to Mrs. Dolan's for a few weeks' rest. The fact that he was willing, and possibly anxious to send her away for a whole week, angered Mary. She went. End of chapter 10